I am back after a two-week hiatus. Glad to be with you all here on Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Sig Daddy, and this is the week in review for the week of February 15th, 2020. It was nice to have a two-week break, but it is nice to be back with you guys. I just need a little breather and a little reprieve. And now I'm back, re-energized and ready to go. And we're going to start out with Monday Night Raw this week. But before I get to that, I will have the NXT TakeOver Portland review. That's coming up, actually. NXT TakeOver Portland, that's coming up on Sunday. I'll have my review for that up for you on Tuesday. But without further ado, let's get this thing rolling with Monday Night Raw this week. It starts out the typical way with Rollins, AOP, and Murphy. It says his Monday Night Messiah moniker has grown on him. Says he's there to lead them all into the future. Addresses the match from last week where KO and the Viking Raiders. He addresses that. uh, AOP getting the win. Well, AOP and Murphy getting the win over KO and the Viking Raiders. KO was down 3-1. And KO almost came back and won but lost it. But then later in the night, they cost KO and company costed Rollins, his opportunity at Brock Lesnar and his patience is wearing thin on KO and his friends. And he's not leaving till his message of progression is heard. Rollins then warns KO to not get in over his head. Stand alone. You will fall alone. And then KO says every week Rollins comes out. This is pretty funny and sounds stupid as hell. What is he? What he what he does is just keep fighting. Says he is not alone. They come out with the Viking Raiders. And KO says they seem pretty solid to him. They brawl inside the ring. Joe jumps Rollins from behind and puts in the clutch. Rollins cronies then break it up. KO's group clears the ring. KO hits a stunner on Murphy. And then Becky Lynch comes out before they even leave the ring. And that's Becky Lynch versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. And this, I thought this was a pretty good match. And, but I liked the aftermath of it better. Becky, late in the match, misses a leg drop. Asuka goes for the Asuka lock. Asuka and Becky then trade a pin attempts. Becky catches her with a rock bottom to get the win. I like it that they didn't use the disarmor there. And I liked it as just a different finish overall. It was a pretty good match. Between the two, those two usually put on a pretty good match. But the post-match got very, very interesting to say the least. Shayna jumps Becky post-match, takes out her mouthpiece, and then eventually bites the back of the neck. I don't know where they're going there. Are they portraying Shayna Baszler as a vampire or they're just kind of saying she's a savage? And there's blood everywhere. Shayna grins with blood in her mouth and there's pretty much our WrestleMania storyline. Medics come out to help Becky Kind of Becky refuses the help for the most part. After that, we get Mojo and Riddick Moss versus Street Profits. And this was kind of a waste of time. Street Profits pin Moss quickly after a Spinebuster Frog Splash combo. Mojo's the 24-7 champ. And and then right after the match, Riddick Moss, supposedly Mojo's kind of protege, Inside cradles Mojo and wins the 24-7 championship. 
I don't know what to think of the 24-7 championship right now. It's not very interesting. It's all honesty pretty boring. But yeah, that was a waste of the Street Profits and both Mojo and Riddick Moss's time. And Becky's forced to go to the hospital post that and drives herself there. We then, we thought we saw the last of MVP, but he is back actually. He's hosting the VIP Lounge. And this is the first time in 10 years as things have appeared on Monday Night Raw. And he's with Drew McIntyre. And he's kind of pretty much trying to recruit McIntyre. Well, he's trying to be McIntyre's mouthpiece, really. His business manager, his advocate like Brock Lesnar. I thought this was kind of pretty effective. And McIntyre then said, like later in the segment says, the difference between him and Lesnar he doesn't need a business partner to talk for him and kiss his bleep. MVP gets kind of mad about it. They stand face to face. MVP calls himself an butt kicker or the other word. But MVP says he needs to, him not to turn his back on him. Then Glasgow kiss from McIntyre. Claymore right into the couch that's in the ring and does the ball impose. I liked it. McIntyre doesn't need somebody with him to take down Lesnar. He doesn't need a business advocate. He's kind of a lone wolf, kind of has been this whole entire time. Doesn't need to suck up to anybody. We'll need anybody to suck up to him. After that, we get Angel Garza with Zelina Vega versus Cedric Alexander. And... This was a waste of Cedric Alexander, to be honest. And and Garza says he's a ladies' man. Humberto runs down and beats down Garza before the match. And, and Garza puts in a submission early on Alexander. Alexander reverses it. Eventually hits a Hurricane Ross. Some strikes in the corner. Drop kick to Garza's neck. Goes for head scissors outside. Garza plants him. Alexander thrown into the steps and into the ring. Alexander dives back into the ring and gets hit with a drop kick. Wing clipper. That's it. It's literally this. I I know they're trying to fill the gaps with Garza instead of uh, Andrade since he's currently suspended. I'm not digging this. And... I'm also not digging Cedric Alexander getting pretty much buried again. It's too good to be in this position. And I don't know. I I, I didn't like it. This this Raw is it's up and down, up and down. I enjoy Raw for the most part, but there are certain parts of it that I don't like. There's certain things that are still not getting right with it. But overall, Raw is a pretty good show. It sounds like I'm bashing it right now, but there is a lot of good stuff in this show. And then we get Charlie with Rhea Ripley backstage. And I thought this was pretty funny. Rhea Ripley asked Sarah Logan when she was got she got she interrupted uh interrupted Rhea Ripley's interview and Rhea's like, Who are you? Really, who is Sarah Logan? We don't really know. And then we get Schreiber with Lana and Lashley. And they are saying Ricochet took advantage of an opportunity last week and they'll reintroduce Ricochet to reality tonight when they fight Ricochet and Lashley. 
following that. We get a Rhea Ripley, Sarah Logan match, squash like it needed to be. It's getting us closer to setting up this, to making up, to making the WrestleMania match between Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley official. I dig that they'll be fighting for the NXT Championship. I think they could have done this a different way. I don't think that she needed to really win the Rumble to do that. But it makes it a little bit interesting to see the NXT title, NXT women's title coming into play, especially with the Royal Rumble winner. But Rhea, after the match, her squash over Sarah Logan, she says she's looking for her answer. She shows up on Raw and, and NXT, and she still gets no answer from Charlotte. And Charlotte says, maybe that's how the queen operates. Charlotte says, how are we even going to know that she will be NXT champion after this Sunday when she takes on Bianca Belair? Good question. Effective segment between those two. And then we get Ricochet versus Bobby Lashley with Lana late in the match. And it's Gary Ricochet followed by a kick in the face. Big rolling drop kick, crossbody, followed by a standing shooting star on Lashley for a long two count. Lashley then dumps Ricochet. Big spine buster for two. Lashley goes for the back suplex off top. Ricochet somehow lands on his feet, which was impressive. Was all impressive. Very, very impressive. And Ricochet hits a drop kick and then a 630 to beat Lashley. I thought this was a pretty good match. Ricochet's gaining some momentum as he's heading towards his clash with Brock Lesnar at Super Showdown. And that should be fun because Brock, like we say, he usually has trouble with the smaller guys. And he also puts on better matches with the smaller guys. It's I don't know what it is, but Brock works great with small guys. After this, we get Orton out to explain his actions towards Edge from two weeks ago. And Orton then stalls again. Matt Hardy comes out and interrupts. This is, could be the write-off for Matt Hardy, but actually we find out it's not. He actually has a match next week against Randy Orton. But Matt asks him, he wants to know why he did what he did to Edge like everybody else does. And Matt says he's probably thinking, why do you give a damn about Edge? And talks about his friendship with him, Christian and Jeff. And then brings up the 99 No Mercy ladder match, TLC match, what they did together. And what kind of brings him and Edge together is they share the same passion and couldn't imagine if his career was taken away from him before he was ready. And talks about Edge's return and says he took away Edge's miraculous return and says, what the hell is wrong with you? Matt then stops an RKO attempt from Orton. They brawl in the corner for a second, but Orton hits an RKO and a concerto. And effective segment, Matt Hardy cut a really good promo here. And it just shows how he's been so misused and underutilized in WWE and his contract's coming up here soon. And all the signs are pointing to him going to AEW I'm perfectly fine with that because he could be used so much better over there than he has been in WWE, especially without his brother. And they failed epically to capitalize off the broken universe. And AEW will listen and they'll let him have some creative freedom. After that, we get Aleister Black versus Akira Tozawa. And Black dominates... Black Mask gets it done. He gets another promo post-match. I'm kind of tired of these squash matches. I wish I'd see him in an actual match against somebody because they're just stalling until they find another storyline for him. 
Becky then Becky Lynch then arrives back in an ambulance, walks herself back into the arena, and comes in, cuts a promo. He says, looking for Shayna, she's looking for Shayna to smash her face in. And Lynch says she will break her down week by week. And you better find me before I better fi- before I find you. Effective promo from Becky. It's pretty much setting up the Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania. And I, I see Becky getting a little too cocky in her position right now. And she's going to get... I, I like the way this is going because it's setting up to have her get humbled by the upstart Shayna, uh, Shayna Baszler. And I'm all for it. Making a new star in, on the main roster, which NXT is the main roster, they say. But... The bigger stage is Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw is definitely better than Friday Night SmackDown from what I've been hearing. But yeah, Shayna Baszler, it's setting up for her to be crowned at WrestleMania, I feel like, and I hope they do, actually. Then we get the main event. It's KO Joe and the Viking Raiders versus Rollins AOP. Actually, it's versus AOP. Yeah, Rollins AOP and Murphy. And this was a fun, chaotic Closing stretch in this match is a big cannonball to the outside by KO, taking out everybody. Joe puts in the choke on Rollins. Murphy gets the blind tag. Joe puts it in on Murphy. AOP distracts the ref. Big stop by Rollins. Murphy with the cover and win. Fun main event, but really KO is yet to get a leg up on Rollins. But really overall, this was a good episode of Monday Night Raw. It had its times where it was kind of dumb like the... Street Profits and Mojo with uh, Riddick Moss. It didn't make a, it was just kind of eh. and what else was there that I didn't really like was the Angel Angel Garza and Cedric Alexander. How that's not been how Cedric Alexander's being used right now. But overall, this was a good episode of Monday Night Raw. A couple things just didn't like the Garza and the Riddick Moss, Mojo Raleigh, Street Profits match and segment. But other than that, a good episode of Raw. The Orton stuff, it's getting to be really, really good. Love Matt Hardy's insertion in there. And Ricochet and Bobby Lashley delivered in the main event, did deliver. Good episode of Monday Night Raw. And then we get AEW Dynamite on Wednesday night. SCU, Scorpio Sky, and Frankie Kazarian versus Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Late into the match, hot tag to Page, comes out like a house of fire, chops and big boots, post-to-post clothesline, fireman's carry drop into a moonsault with a second of hesitation grabbing at his knee that's that was uh, attacked earlier in the match. Hangman then goes for a buckshot on Sky. Kaz comes out with his own clothesline, swinging assisted DDT by Kaz, then a backstabber into a cutter by Scorpio Sky, dragon sleepers by both Kaz and Scorpio. Kenny breaks it up. Kenny gets a blind tag. V triggers followed by a snap dragon. Kaz then avoids the buckshot while Kenny fights off Omega. Kenny fights off Scorpio Sky. Then a V trigger buckshot combo gets it done for Omega and Paige. It was a fun and hot tag opener to start. And we've gotten used to that in AEW. AEW always brings it with their tag openers and their tag matches in general. I like that that's a point of emphasis for them, and it's been fun to watch. 
Dark Order and the Creepers show up post-match. There was a video pre-match that ended up sending uh, Christopher Daniels to the back to have an eye on him. The best friends come out to even the odds against the Dark Order. Butcher Blade and Bunny out along with the Hybrid too. Then the Bucks come out. They all brawl, getting us all ready for that number one contender tag team battle royal coming up next week in Atlanta, GA. The Bucks stand tall in this one. And they hit double cross bodies before we head to commercial. Then we get an interview from Ross, Jim Ross and Santana. It's and uh, Moxley, not Moxley. Well, yeah, he's gonna. Te- Santana says he's gonna teach Moxley about darkness and talks about his struggles from ten years ago, his father's blindness and the loss of him. And that was a good segment from Santana. And then we get a Darby Allen video package talking about how he got his throat smashed in with a skateboard by Inner Circle and made a sta- they made a mistake and he'll find them, but offers to fight Sammy Guevara at Revolution. Following that, we get the Guevara-Dustin Rhodes match. It was a solid match. Dustin, in his hometown of Austin, Texas, gets a win, gets some, some revenge on Sammy because they had a match earlier in the year and Sammy won that closing stretch of this, Guevara's wasting time. He gets a back body drop. It's a front suplex by Dustin and then a destroyer and a final reckoning, the final cut. It gets it done for Dustin Rhodes. And Dustin then grabs a mic post-match, tells Jericho's female dog to turn around, a.k.a. Jake Hager, and he tells him, are you ever going to get in the ring or are you just collecting a paycheck? Wants revenge for breaking his arm. Hager does come down, but doesn't accept the match initially. We find out later in the night, later in the night that we are getting the match between Jake Hager and Dustin Rhodes at Revolution. It should be good. Solid segment. Solid match from Dustin. And Dustin... He's he's still got it. He's a, he's over fifty years old, and he is still he can still go. And Guevara didn't look too bad himself. Then we get Tony Schiavone with Britt Baker giving her explanation for her actions last week, and she did it out of the her opponent's best interest, and uh, she explains it from a dental standpoint, and. Expert analysis from Britt on this about the upcoming title match. And she says, after that, they're still number two to me. She thinks she's the hottest thing going and makes a Whataburger joke, says these people are Whataburger faces. That was awesome. And then brags about her accomplishments and says it's her division. I like this new side of Britt Baker. I thought they pulled the trigger on it a little early, but you know what? It was good. It's a, It's been a good move for her. And looking forward to seeing what she can do moving forward. Then we get the rematch from the first episode of Dynamite where Riho won the AEW Women's World Championship. In all honesty, that this reign has been very underwhelming to me since she hasn't been featured on television all that much. She'll have a title match here and there and then gets beat. Then not doesn't get beat, but then kind of just disappears for a while. But I thought this was a pretty dang good match. Uh, Nyla Rose in this bumped very, very well for Riho. And I thought this was the right move to make Nyla Rose champ. Give a dominant, get to a dominant presence. 
and when they when somebody beats her, it's a big deal. And it, it was a nice big versus small matchup. Rio hit some uh, dragon suplexes and Northern Lights in this match on Nyla Rose. It was very it was fun to watch, and really these two have pretty good chemistry. So late in the match, Rio hit double foot stomps. Nyla kicked out at one. Rio hits it again, and the third time, Nyla gets her feet up to the ropes on the pin attempt after the third one. Rio goes for the double knees, gets speared by Rose, beast bomb, Rose gets it done, and is the new AEW Women's World Champion. She comes backstage, and Nyla shows Kenny the title, and wants a celebration like Jericho, and Nyla's still mad, she can't get any respect from the other competitors, or even a round of applause when she comes out. And we get Jericho in an interview, talking about an assassin he's been searching for, and if Moxley survives this week in the I for an I match against Santana, it will be Jeff Cobb waiting for him. And this is a big move for AEW. That's a big signing. Ring of Honor, PWG are some of the companies he's worked for. It's coming off the top of my head. And he's a former Olympian wrestler, so it's a big deal for him to be in AEW, and that's a good signing for them and we after that we get uh brandy rhodes joining commentary for the mjf jungle boy match and it seems like they just kind of dropped the nightmare collective angle which i'm perfectly fine with it because brandy came back last week to kind of help cody when he was getting lashed by mjf and uh, and uh, brandy apologized to excalibur and company this week on commentary and MJF versus Jungle Boy was next, and I thought this was a pretty good match between these guys. And late in the match, well, before the match, Wardlow left with the ring, but at later in the match, Wardlow came back ringside. Jungle Boy's hitting him with strikes. The ref breaks it up. Wardlow gives MJF the ring, hits him with it, then hits crossroads for the win. They're coining it the double cross now. But really, this is the best MJF match I've seen so far in AEW. It continues to build the heat on him heading into Revolution. And Wardlow just throws Jungle Boy after the match. Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt come out ringside to check on him after the match. But yeah, it was a pretty good match for MJF. I think his it was one of his best matches I've seen so far actually this best match i've seen in aew then we get the main event actually before that we get a video with pack saying kenny hasn't been the same since he choked him out in chicago and saying kenny is scared of him then we get a 30 minute iron man rubber match coming in two weeks in kansas city that should be fun but santana and moxley eye for an eye this started out brawling on the outside. Jericho Guevara and Hager are all in a luxury box. Late in the match, Ortiz spits alcohol in the face of Mox. Santana hits a cannonball. Frog splash. Mox kicks out. Mox with a thumb to the eye to Santana. Both guys are blinded trying to find each other because both of them have one, guy, one eye injured, but Moxley just got alcohol spit in his one and then Santana got poked in the other. And Mox finds him, hits the paradigm shift, gets the win. Ortiz then jumps him post-match. Rest of inner circle shows up, beats him down. Jericho whips him with the belt. Ortiz with the sock. Hager with a knee to the nuts. 
6.30 by Sammy. Jericho with Judas effect. Jeff comes out, hits his reverse power slam. And Inner Circle, man, they are scary right now. Who can possibly overcome the odds now? How can Moxley figure out a way to get past Jericho at Revolution when he has all those weapons with him and how he's going to get to Revolution? That's the questions that come up. And this was a pretty good episode of Dynamite. I really liked this episode of AEW Dynamite. Nothing really bad on the show at all. It was a very good show from hour one to hour two. Really enjoyed it. NWA Power was the last thing I watched this week. James Storm, since we, since the last week in a review, uh, new tag champs. Eli, James Storm and Eli Drake are the tag champs. They won those at hard times. And the TV champ is Ricky Starks. All the still world champ and Aaron Shooter Stevens is still the national champion. Storm and Drake joint commentary for the first match. It's the Dawsons with Pope and the Bouncers from Ring of Honor with Kingston. It's uh, Beer City Bruiser and Mionis from Ring of Honor. And I thought this was a fun Haas battle to start the show. And late in the match, it was Milonis getting a hot tag. Double team powerbomb from the middle rope by Dawson's. And it was a near fall. And before that, Kingston and Pope were kind of set to fight ringside. Uh, Pope kind of turned on Kingston and uh, Homicide. And after that... Zane Dawson on the middle rope. Mionis superplex. And then Beer City Bruiser with the frog splash gets it done. Storm and the Bouncers drink from the Crockett Cup, which that's the next pay-per-view for uh, NWA. I would assume it's going to be kind of a crossover between NWA and Ring of Honor. But fun tag match, big hoss battle, and it's Kingston getting a leg up on Pope. And we get all this video from Ring of Honor Enterprise. He's talking the big money deal he got and wants him to accept his offer for the match coming up at Crockett Cup between Marty Skrull and Nick Aldis for the NWA World Championship. Tom Latimer and Camille with Galley after that, ready to kick the crap out of Tim Storm tonight. Galley then asks him about the possibility of challenging for the World Championship, and he's not going to play into that, into what Joe is saying. Says he and Isaacs are going to go get their titles back, their tag team titles back, and says Storm and Drake aren't a real team. Nick Aldis and Royce, they're going to take out the Rock and Roll Express, and he will take out Tim Storm. And Camille, she still doesn't talk. Tom Latimer versus Tim Storm is next, and this is okay. Nothing really that great. And Latimer gets a win. And this one after a DDT, it was okay. But what was bad was this Mama Storm thing afterward. Mama Storm impersonator. It's a dude dressed up in drag. And it shows up berating Tim. And it it looked pretty stupid. It looks like something WWE would do. It really, really does. It looks like something WWE would do. I didn't dig it. I don't like it. And then we get a video. Marty Skrull with, giving his counter offer. Aldis made an offer to him. If Marty loses, he will have to pay for it. Puts his money where his mouth is. If he beats him, NWA world champion, I'm M- he's NWA world champion, 
If Marty loses, Marty will write a check out for a half a million dollars. Nick Aldis accepts the offer, so it's going to be... Marty Skrull's got a lot on the line. He can win the NWA World's Championship, or he has to give up $500,000 to Nick Aldis if he loses. So a lot on the line coming up at the Crockett Cup in April, and Marty just signed that big Ring of Honor deal. Then we get a recap of the match from last week between Shooter Stevens and Murdoch for the national title that went to a time limit draw. And Murdoch cuts a pretty good promo here and says he hasn't seen anybody run more than Stevens. He wants a rematch. Murdoch believes they deserve a fighting champion. And then Murdoch, like I said, he cuts a pretty good passionate promo. Question, question mark shows up doing the Mongrovian national anthem or just some kind of gibberish. It was okay. I didn't really like it, but he says, me, you, karate, question mark. He says, me, you, karate, does question mark. And I was like, all right, I guess that's okay. And we get the first thing of circle, first episode of Circled Squared next week. So NWA Power will not be on next week. They're taking a week break from that to do this new series called Circled Squ- Circle Squared. So we'll have to figure out what other wrestling we can watch next week or I can watch next week to give you the weekend review. Maybe I'll throw in a little bit of a surprise. Maybe Ring of Honor. Who knows? Maybe Impact Wrestling? Maybe. Maybe not. Which one? I'll give you that coming up next week. I'll let you know what I will be watching in addition to Raw and AEW Dynamite. Then we get Matt Cross versus Ricky Starks. We find out if he defends the title seven times, he will get an NWA world title shot. He's already defended it one time against Zicky Dice just a few weeks ago. This was a slow-paced match to start for the first two minutes. It's a 6.05 time limit, and it picks up eventually. With two minutes left, they're trading strikes. Pump kick, two count for Cross. Starks eats an elbow. Cross going for a superplex. They're fighting back and forth for it. Starks hits just a suplex. Then Starks back elbows a charging Cross. Tornado DDT from Starks. Cross hits the cutter. And it goes to the time limit draw. I, I like the match. It took too long to get going, though. It took too long to get going. And I'm not a big of a draw finish. I'm not a big fan of the draw finish. We get Zicky Dice after that. Cutting a promo says, what a yawn fest of a match. Zicky Dice says he couldn't get the job done. And Zicky says the difference between him and Starks is that he finishes every single time. Little dirty joke there from Dice. I didn't mind it. But I thought they, should, they shouldn't have went to a draw. I, I get they had a pretty good match at NWA hard times. But I'm just not a big fan of draw finishes. Then we get a video recapping the match between Thunder Rosa and Billy Kay from last week. It's Rosa backing away from the group after she defends her title. And it's a promo segment between Marty Bell and Allison Kay. It's Marty saying everything that Melina 
says has come true. McKay has lost title prestige and her best friend. And the uh, interviewer thinks she has been brainwashed. Bell fires back. Bell says everything was her, her, her when she was friends with Allison Kay. Kay didn't care about her. Kay then says, you don't tell the fans I don't care about them because she puts her body on the line so much. And then she says, Melina is brainwashing you. Uses a Jim Jones reference. Ouch. And then says, you're better than this. Marty leaves. It was all right. Then we get Molina versus Tasha Steeles. I couldn't get into this match. It was okay. Molina gets the win and says she's a living legend. She's proved herself out there. What more does she need to do to earn her title shot? So she can declares that it's Molina versus Thunder Rosa for the title next week. Marquez asks her who sanctioned it, and she says, I did. Should be interesting. Thunder Rosa is going to be playing the babyface sooner rather than later. She's been kind of over with, pretty over with the fans ever since ever since she showed up. And uh, yeah, Thunder Rosa versus Molina next time on NWA Power. Then we get Aldis and Isaacs versus the Rock and Roll Express. Sauronaro showing up with May Valentine. And late in the match is an inside cradle from Gibson. Isaac getting suplexed by Gibson. Aldis thrown off the top rope. Backslide broken up by Aldis. Poking the eye by Isaacs on Gibson. Uses the rope on the uses the ropes to get the win. And then Valentine hugs Isaacs after the match. And Isaacs getting a much needed win after losing for quite a while. And it was an alright match to end power. Not bad. Isaacs gets a much needed win. But this episode of NWA Power was eh, okay for me. We got the good setup for the title match for Aldis and Marty Skrull. And another good part of the show was the Trevor Murdoch promo. But the wrestling was not all that great on this show. But other than the Beer City Bruiser, Beer City Bruiser and, uh, well, the the bouncers and Dawson's match. I thought that was pretty fun to start the show. But other than that, most of the episode is kind of passable at best. And that brings me to the conclusion for this week's rankings. It is going to be number one, AEW Dynamite. Number two, It's going to be Monday Night Raw, and in the number three spot for this week, it is going to be NWA Power. Raw wasn't bad, still has its bad spots at times, but it was pretty good overall. NWA Power, other than one match and the setup for the Aldis and Skrull match at the Crockett Cup was kind of, you could go without watching pretty much, and then... AEW Dynamite, it they brought it. They brought it this week. It was a very good episode. Building the stories, heading up into Revolution. One, AEW Dynamite. Two, Monday Night Raw. Three, NWA Power. And those are my rankings for this week. Make sure to tune in next week. It will be back Online on Friday on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and on the iHeartRadio app. 
a new addition for Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. You also can follow me on the socials, Facebook and Twitter at Sig Daddy Wrestle. Make sure to listen in for my NXT TakeOver Portland review. I'll have that up for you on Tuesday. Grades for each match on that upcoming show, including the Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor match and the Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic match for the NXT North American Championship. Also on that show, Tommaso Ciampa looking to overtake Adam Cole for the NXT World Championship. Also there, Rhea Ripley defending her NXT Women's Championship against Bianca Belair. And there's also a street fight It is Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox. Make sure to listen to that. Coming up on Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Podbean, and on the iHeartRadio app. But until next time, this is Sig Daddy signing off, thanking you all for listening, and so long, everybody.